The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo. Well, kind of, sort of. Derek's going to be joining us in progress. But uh, this week, we've got the creators behind the documentary. That's the best way to describe it. Independent film is a general term. Uh, we have Justin and Jason from Mom and Dad's Nipple Factory, which is not what you think it is. Um, tell us a little bit about the project. Yeah, so it's a it's a feature documentary. Um, I I'm Justin. Hi, I started uh, working on this back in 2015. I started as like a short documentary. That was my way of kind of like tricking my parents into it. And it's all completely true, all, all authentic, uh, you know, real real life stuff. Um, and basically, my my parents, my mom is this like super outgoing, just like loves people type of person. And my dad is this like ultra introverted. I kind of describe him like the dad from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He's always kind of these like little inventions and, and all these right. types of things. Um, and uh, after my mom had breast cancer and had to have a unilateral mastectomy and, and reconstruction, my dad used those same kind of tinkering, inventing skills um, after he just kind of saw how incomplete she felt after the reconstruction and like you have this asymmetry with your original breast and then the rebuilt one. He used those skills to uh, essentially make her feel whole again by taking over my sister's old bedroom in the house we grew up in and turning it into this like nipple laboratory where he was learning molding and color matching and all this stuff and then eventually making, you know, really at the time, uh, this was around 2008, um, was really the best, the best, like perfectly matched prosthetic nipple that was out there. And it just really kind of grew from there. So it's something that was secret in our household for, for quite a few years. And then word got out and we kind of knew the basics. And then I just wanted to learn more. So I, I did it in the form of a film. 
I will say having known, and of course, being in the entertainment industry myself, almost 37 years and having in, in college done uh, makeup classes and stuff like that and working with prosthetics, uh, I was super impressed um, seeing the, the product that your dad was making. I mean, I would say definitely beyond movie quality. I mean, so realistic. And I, I think you mentioned in the film that they went to the one doctor here in Florida and he mm-hmm. brought in all yeah. the specialists and they're like, no, they're not fake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was that well done. And I, and I think the, the, the choice of using the silicone helps with that because you, because you could do the transparency of the edges to blend it. Right. And I think like probably a lot of people who do cosplay and other things like that, it's like you're working with materials, whether you're trying to look like, you know, an alien from Star Trek or, or whatever, like, and that, that's the thing too. And my dad actually, saw in the film, but my dad talked to me about this. And um, when you're working with, typically these, these are techniques that are being used by Hollywood special effects type people. And when you're dealing with a application for a Hollywood effects type person, um, it's going to be for a very limited time. A professional is going to be applying it. It's going to be treated with care and this is something where he had to make something that looked good and they stay on for, I think, two to three weeks. And, um, you know, they, they're showers and, and swimming. And my dad says, who knows what happens to these things, right? So they got to be like realistic and like very durable. And, and that was something that was like a big um, goal for him and able to be applied and stay on for, for really anyone who doesn't have that kind of experience. And I'll just say, this is Jason, and, you know, as more of an outsider, uh, as the producer who came into Justin's story, and when I first got to, you know, know his dad through seeing him on screen, I was blown away um, just by his inventiveness, his um, uh, just adaptability. And, 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 you know, I feel like, you know, we're here on, on, on your podcast. Like, I feel like his dad is like, you know, he's like one of the original geeks, right? He, he's like, if, if his dad had been born 20 years later, he would have been running one of the biggest tech startups around, right? You know, it's it, it sort of, you know, he's, he, he just is this problem solver who can figure stuff out and is so good with electronics, with, with everything. I mean, and, and in the movie, we get into that. You see all these little gadgets he makes and computer-related uh, stuff, and then to be able to go fashion these amazing-looking prosthetic nipples that were better looking than any manufacturer was trying to do out there. And to be honest, trying to sell them for um, infinitely much more than, than his dad and his mom ends up uh, selling them for was just so impressive. Uh, one, one of the first things that you even talk about is the, the timer, the power timer on the TV. Yes. A very so, evil device, the, the media timer. Yeah. That's a real, and there's some, there's some great like retro photography of us as kids in the nineties, just glued to our N64s. And, and maybe you as, uh, as a, as a true geek would, would appreciate this. There's some 3d, um, in that section. And then a few other sections there's some like 3d CGI, uh, stuff that we did. And the person who helped this guy, um, Greg uh, actually was someone who worked, and again, this is like a deep cut, right? Very geeky. Someone who worked on the game Turok 2, which was like an N64 (laughs) shooter. That was like a staple of of our N64 growing up. And I was like, oh my God, like you worked on Turok 2? Like you're going to work on my movie? That's so sick. Um, 
But yeah, it was this device that was essentially was stripping the wire from the TV, putting it into this like timer, like a, like a bathroom fan timer, and then putting it all behind this like locked case <laughs> where my dad could essentially like set the timer for 45 minutes, whatever. And when it went off, it was like literally unplugging the TV. So this was his way of like keeping us from the whole like kids, you know, turn off the TV. It's like a device that would turn it off. So dad could be uh, less aggressive <laughs> about that. Now, typically when we have uh, film creators on and we try not to spoil the film because there is a general plot here. I, I don't know if there's a lot we, we can spoil. So are, are we pretty much open to talk about anything that's in it? Because I mean, you know, maybe of the way you can spoil it, our, our ending, like our ending thing, you know, that's kind of a surprise. Like, but I think most everything else uh, is like okay. pretty, yeah. you know, pretty out there. Yeah, um, I think everything, but, but Justin's narrative at the end, because there is a little bit of a, a twist. But yeah, let's have to watch that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It, if it's what I'm thinking of, <laughs> then yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll not spoil that part. Um, <laughs> now, you said early in the film, you know, family is very religious. When when all this came about, was this a shock to everyone within the family, including including yourself? Because I know you say religion wasn't as big of a thing for you, uh, and you were kind of kind of even as a kid slowly separating yourself away from it. Was this a, a shock that this is the type of thing that they would be doing as a business? Oh, it was definitely it was definitely shocking, and it's something where my dad had. Certainly when it came to, to nudity and female nudity and, and these kinds of things, like that is such a, um, such an intense for, for this whole kind of purity concept within the Christian culture. There's like very much a stigma, whether it's sexualized or not about female nudity. And so the fact that when the, when the business originally started, every single prosthetic was bespoke it was created from uh to match exactly like my dad did for my mom uh for all these these cancer survivors and so it wasn't just my dad was developing these molds in a vacuum it was like truly and and again that you totally get why this would be something that would be um sequestered from the family but it was like a lot of other women's breasts that were they were and i did the, i actually did the whole molding kit but like there was a molding kit and there'd be photos and all these things so that like level um certainly as something to to help uh, women and, and men go through breast cancer as well to feel whole again like you got to you have to like do it all the way um but like that would be something where if it was showing up on a movie my dad would fast forward it and be like we can't watch this anymore right like no matter the fact that we all have nipples it's not like a specific body part right. <laughs> that's like just the one you know uh one gender but um but yeah so it was pretty shocking and and certainly we were very curious about it but just that kind of and, and even screening here in the midwest um there is still a taboo about that part of the female anatomy um, specifically. So 
I really like, we definitely acknowledge like, Hey, this is an important thing. It's coming from a place of love, but for my dad, who's incredibly shy and, and, and very introverted and, um, and very like, yeah, that, that type of co- content would be locked down. Um, it was completely like out of left field, <laughs> but when you get to see the problem solving that went into it, you can respect like, this was a real significant challenge that no one else had really dared to take on in this way. And right. the positive impact that it's made is, is pretty impressive. So it's almost, uh, he, it may seem weird to an outsider looking in or as they watch this, but for him, he's seeing it as a calling that, that started with helping your mom and then just turned into a larger calling. So for him, he's, he's not seeing the, the, the taboo aspect of it. He's just doing a service for, for those in need. Exactly. And, and that is the thing where I, I think he was able to, to, take away this this taboo concept and just look at it like even he at times would have trouble calling them nipples he would be like i make this product right like they're even but he does also have fun with it because there's a certain kind of candy called nips it's and he keeps these nips candy kind of like jokingly around the workspace and there's a shot in the film where we kind of dolly past like a nips candy so he he does like he he does have a sense of humor um, about it, knowing that like, hey, you know, this is unexpected. But he he also has um, a lot of understanding with with my mom going through this similar thing to the positive impact. And when and when I was able to travel and meet a lot of their customers, um, it's something where it's like, oh wow, that's like a surprise. But when you find out how much this helps people. It, it's like, well, this yeah. is like a very noble thing to be done. So Jason, when, when you came onto the project, uh, I'm assuming there was quite a bit of footage already shot. What were you caught off guard any by, you know, what you were expecting yeah. and what, what you were actually getting? Well, uh, caught off guard in a good way. Um, you know, I, I actually saw, um, Justin was part of a, a competition called Doc Pitch out in California, um, which is a, a, a great competition to get into uh, and be accepted. And basically people vote on the films and uh, they pick a winner and they get a, a, a pretty good amount of money. And um, yeah, Justin, unfortunately, didn't win the contest, but I got to see the teaser and I loved it. And I cold called him and said, uh, Listen, I I love what I see here in just this little five minute clip you put together. Uh, I love the story. If you ever need any help, let me know. Uh, and we were on a call within a couple of days, and then I think a couple of weeks later, we said, "Hey, I'd love to work with you." And I was on as producer. Um, but what I saw was what anyone will see that sees the movie, and that is this honest story uh, about real people, which we, we don't often get a lot. And I don't, when I say real people, I don't mean it's because it's a documentary. I make documentary films. I mean, um, what we see now in, in, in the media, we see like the extremes, right? We see all the extremes of people. We don't see people that are just living and getting by. And, and I saw that and there's humor and there's heart. Uh, I actually went to school in Wisconsin, so I have an affinity for the people there as well. So I was, I was, I was drawn to that. Um, that, that sounds and yeah, Yes. Jeez, yeah. If my that daughter heard this, she'll be bringing the dad joke jar over going pay up. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's okay. You can get away with that. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, so so I, I I just fell in love with just that little you know five minute clip I saw and his his mom and his dad uh, and his family that was in there, uh, and then we sort of went down the road of like uh, you know really finding really finding the uh, the story that Justin Justin had shot the majority of the film at that point when I came in there was a little more we needed to go out and get but um, it was really trying to then figure out where that story was and. Kudos to Justin because um, one thing, the, the film was always from his POV uh, and, it, and he was always sort of the narrator. But what we ended up doing, and Justin was open to it, and something that I've never done was really laying himself out there and getting into some of the intricacies of, of families uh, of, of and how that works. And, and for him, being in a religious family where he didn't maybe necessarily agree with everything that his parents and his um, siblings believed um, and and being able to uh, acknowledge that, confront it and put it on the screen as part of this narrative, which just gave it so much breath um, to really understand what was going on and for him to understand uh, what this nipple business ended up doing to him and his family and and uh and and how we reconcile with certain things in our lives and with family members um so that it, and it was just a, a fun process to go through with justin to to shape this film a little more i mean it was the story was there obviously you're not going to find a story like this anywhere and that's why i was blown away too you know just like you know, you're just not going to, I see a lot of documentary films, I make documentary films and, you know, when I just tell people what I'm working on, they just take a second look and a lot of them say, oh, is that a scripted, that's a scripted film, right? And I say, no, it's not, it's not, you really got to check this out, so. Now, yeah. go ahead, Justin. There was a, there was a very, like, it was funny, like, there was a very specific moment, uh, it's probably somewhere, sometime in, like, late uh, 2021, but, like, there was a call, Jason seen a zillion cuts of this movie. And there was a call where it was the first time where Jason didn't sound like a doctor who's about to give you like a bad diagnosis. <laughs> and he was like, I was like, Oh my, I told my wife, I was like, Oh my God, Jason like sounded like happy on the call. <laughs> Not to say that Jason's a, you know, whatever, but like, that was like a real inflection point when we started crafting that story. And, and, and normally Jason would be like, yeah, you know, this part was working and this part wasn't working and then this and this and this and that. But it was that kind of like, yeah, I think we've, I think we've got it. And, and it was so to include myself was like, um, was a big step, just like Jason said, but to be able to have someone who can be that outside POV when you're working on something that's personal was absolutely critical and um it's a it's just one of those this film is a film about silver linings and i think losing that competition was like a fantastic silver lining to to have jason be a part of this because um the value he's brought has been just like extraordinary so i think for any creative person out there like if you're going through something negative or whatever like if you keep going through there'll be there'll be something positive that comes from it so I, I'm curious, um, because I, I've gone through a few things uh, when I lost my dad back in 2017. Um, we, we've always, you know, I've always said, you know, I'm, I'm practicing but not participating because we don't belong to a congregation or anything. Um, did you find yourself becoming a little bit more religious when you found out your mom had breast cancer? You know, when I, when I found out, I was really in the thick of... I was living in New York and I was really just like starting my career. And 
certainly being in your 20s, living in New York, it's something where, and the people I was surrounding myself with is, is something where it was, it was a pretty extreme opposite from my upbringing <laughs> in, in a medium-ish town, uh, Wisconsin. So it was never really, I think maybe for my siblings, like a little bit more, um, but it was never really something where I, I felt I was really just starting to become my own person. And so I, I don't think that was ever really like a thought. And even the even re, kind of repairing the relationship with my parents was something that took that still took years. Um, and even this documentary was a part of the process. Uh, so that really didn't didn't cross my mind um, too much. And even just the way that my mom went through her cancer journey, I felt very distant from that physically, just being on uh, another part of the country. Um, but also like, it just was kind of happening and I was just like doing my thing. And, and for some reason it just didn't really register with me. So that, that, that distance is something that was, um, that persisted for, for, uh, quite a while. So not, not really. It, it figured never hurt to ask because you know sometimes something like that may maybe not to the full extent that your family is but maybe just a, a little bit um but no I, I do find it interesting that even with this it still really didn't change your outlook on that aspect that much um jason i, is, I, go ahead. I, I was sad one thing though because in the movie justin does address looking back how he did react and handle the cancer diagnosis at the time um, and and <laughs> how he has a little bit of a remorse, I think, about how he handled it then and how he maybe should have handled it. And I think a lot of that was rooted in um, his difference differences with his religious family and, and how he felt. Um, and, I, you know, again, when people see the movie, part of that, you, you see all this right. um, reconciliation kind of work its way through. But um, you know, I, I just, I know you, you know, you said, you know, it didn't change how you viewed it, but I think now looking back, you do have a different kind of viewpoint of it, correct? Oh, I mean, I wish I would have handled it a lot differently. Um, it's, and it was, that was a part of the journey of the film where as I started including my own perspective and I was looking through, I'm like, when did mom first contact me about this, this diagnosis and really being horrified that like, she sent me the email and I got it. And I'm like, when did I reply? And I'm like, it was, it was like a week until I really replied. Like it really, and, and you know, it seems like you went through, um, you know, kind of similar, like, you know, tough parental times, but like, I was really like pretty flabbergasted, um, at the distance that I had with, with my family at that point. And it was something that was pretty, pretty, it shook me in a lot of ways um, that was a part of this journey of this film, I think understanding myself and understanding my parents. And it, I, I had like a lot of regrets about that because certainly the diagnosis, it, it could have gone south and it could have been something where, you know, yeah, I was like not involved and things could have progressed to a much more negative place. Um, so that was, that was pretty shocking. If I remember right, uh, you, you say in the film, this takes place shortly after you've graduated high school and you've already decided the college route really wasn't your thing. So you, yeah, were, you were still like early about 20s, right? Mid, 
Yeah, it was like um, I was like mid, like twenty four, like twenty five, like right around there. I just moved to New York, and um, I had been. So I have. Uh, I kind of consider myself like the internet's Forrest Gump. Um, I've kind of been in the background of a lot of uh, major internet things. So I was one of the first original writers for a site called College Humor. I made their first original videos, and this is like in the year two thousand. I was like in the same zeitgeist as e-bomb from e-bombs world and all these, okay. <laughs> all these very like kind of retro sites. Um, so I worked with college humor. I was like one of the first people to my friend Jake, um, started this site called Vimeo. I was like one of the first people on Vimeo and uh, I really coming from like a smaller town in Wisconsin, the internet was like this incredible creative outlet to, to link up with people. So even in late high school and, and, my brief stint in college, I was using the internet to network and, and make connections. And there was like a, something off of forums. I was a part of that. That was like a big geek thing for a long time. So, um, right. I, there was just like a lot of things like that, uh, where they're, they're very much like super geek culture and, and all that kind of thing. And I just really started my career in New York, um, at this company where we were some of the first people to create like original professional content for, for YouTube. And I was like in it, this is, I was just starting, it's New York. I'm like, Oh my God, I just moved from Florida, <laughs> you know, from Orlando. That's a pretty big difference from Orlando to New York, right. to living in the East village of New York city. And it was just like new people and new experiences and, and this and this and that. And, um, my, my whole, like, upbringing and my my family and my parents like it just was so far from the forefront of my mind um and and that's something where uh as i was creating this and really getting to understand my parents more um really understanding like hey you need to you the, your parents are a non-renewable resource right and it's like it's super important for you to right. take the time to understand them um because tragedy can happen for sure now I, I'm just going tangent for a brief second. Um, tonight, it's just the dashing Uno. I just got word from Derek, who his work function ran longer, and he's not going to get home in time uh, for this episode. So it's, it's just going to be the three of us tonight. All right. Uh, so um, I'm still aware of the, the thing we talked about before show, so I'm keeping an eye on that. Um, what what was one of the – and this could go to both of you guys. Uh, one, uh, someone who went through it and as the outside observer, what was the biggest takeaway from this docu uh, documentary um, that, that really has held, held firm with you? Yeah, Jason, what do you think? Well, for me, I, I, again, if I'm, I'm kind of speaking as the outsider, and I kind of hit on this a little bit before, but, you know, one of the things that attracted me to this – project to begin with uh was this story this the story for for lack of a better term um a simple story uh, 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 obviously complicated and what happened but just this idea of um people coming together for uh sounds again what you said it sounds a little cheesy but like seeing people come together for the common good or for a common cause and seeing people like this who I don't think gets screen time enough. We and I and this is not a political film, and I don't want to get no. into politics, but 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 we are at a point where everything we see on our screens are extreme right or extreme left, and like we don't see like what some of the 
stuff in the middle. <laughs> we're, right. we're just people li- getting along and living and, and figuring out how to get by. Um, and, and I think that is a message that comes out of this. Like, you know, that, that people can just care about each other. And we have our differences. Justin had major differences with his family and they come together. And then seeing how the, the people in this small town were okay with this nipple business being run out of their town. And when they understood what it was really about and just critical thinking and like right, right. examining why people do what they do instead of making assumptions. Well, it, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. It, it comes across as it's not, I guess I've been avoiding the word, not unintentionally, but it's not pornography, but, it, but it, it's a calling. It's, this is something that is helping people medically, therapeutically, and and that does get looked at in a different way than if you're just doing stuff for general film or whatever. Um, I mean, there there is a a, ben- a health benefit to this in, in many many ways with what they're doing. I think psych- psychologically, and and that's the thing that that also was, I for me pretty surprising with with. Breast cancer, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month and all these major organizations. And it is like certainly a there, there's a major emphasis on um, breast cancer specifically. And having talked to some of my parents' customers and breast cancer survivors, this idea of the medical science is there to, hey, you know, the cancer's gone. We've done this. And a, and a lot of time, and a, a lot of times these these people who go through it feel feel mutilated that's the word that they use is they feel mutilated right. and sure like technically the like, cancer is gone you whether you've had a unilateral or, or a double mastectomy like the cancer is gone but then it's like you have to go back to life and you have to look at yourself in the mirror and you don't want to be thinking of this of, of you know likely the most traumatic certainly physical experience that you've ever been through and so like my mom is very much the the woman of my dad's dreams, and it's it's she's somewhere he just really wants to like guard and, and protect her, and seeing her go through that feeling of incompleteness um, was something where where I think it's like sure the cancer's gone and this and that, but like the other options, the options for that final step, so you feel like I'm through this, I'm past it, I'm over it, it's done, I'm healed. I'm moving on. It, well, there was nothing that really made sense that could that could feel like that was fully ticked off, uh, like the, the box was ticked off. So, um, in illuminating that that journey, and and it really helped me understand my parents more as people, understand their love story. Uh, I think you don't really think of your parents' love story that much. <laughs> You're a result of it, obviously, but like. It's something where you're like, ah, oh, they're my parents. They're old, you know, this or that, like whatever. And that level of care and 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 detail and things like that that um, my dad had for my mom, like it's it's pretty remarkable to be able to to tell that story. And it was like a real a real honor to be able to because he certainly my parents would have never let someone else tell a story. And like Jason and I, we you know the film just lost out on an audience award to some other film that was like, it's a, you know, adventure hike through a dangerous, like frozen land. And, and we're kind of like, okay, well this, like that story has been told before, but like, we really feel that like this particular 
documentary is touching on something where, yeah, it's not like this people in the small town are going to excommunicate my parents because this is, you know, it's, it's pornographic or whatever. It's like, no, it's like a positive story, but it is so unique and it is about um, health issues in like a different kind of way. And that's the thing that we, we want people to take away from it is like, it's a, it's a special watch and it should be, there should be transformative takeaways that anyone can get out of it. Like I can watch an extreme adventure documentary and be like, well, I wasn't planning on doing that anyway. So, <laughs> you know, fine. Um, this is pretty universal. Yeah. And Mike, if I can just add one thing, because we've been talking a lot about the, you know, bigger world picture and, and breast cancer and, and the impact that this has and the social good. But one thing we, 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 we need to mention is that this film is funny. I mean, there, oh, yeah. there is there's a ton of humor in this film, which people are going to be not expecting if you're going into a film about breast cancer and it's a love story about surviving. But there's there's a ton of humor and the, and the, and the majority of that humor comes out of small town Wisconsin life. Right. Uh, but but fortunately, Justin and his family and the people there are comfortable enough to, to, to have a chuckle at some of the, some of these folksy things. And then there's some stuff that's just laugh out loud funny. I mean, we just screened this for the first time in the theater and we had a thousand people in the theater and they were laughing so loud. We, we You couldn't hear like the next lines come up because people were just uh, laughing so loud at some of the moments in this film. So I just want to point out that this is not like a downer. It's a very yeah. uplifting film. It's a ton of humor in it, uh, that people will love. I, I think one of my favorite lines, um, I don't remember if it was you or your or one of your sisters that said, that when y'all went back, oh, I'm sleeping in the nipple room or nipple lap. Yeah. Like, okay. That, that's kind of funny. Yeah, um, she was telling her friend, like, she's like, oh, I got to sleep in the nipple room tonight with like no context, right? Like, <laughs> how would you react if someone told you that? There's, there's Justin's brother in law who, who walks into the basement and uh, says to, comes back up sheepishly and says to Justin's sister, um, there's a nipple where the towels used to be. <laughs> you know, it's just like, and there's just a lot of this yeah. little stuff thrown, thrown in there. So, uh, now you you said you just had a screen uh, a screening uh, recently and before show. You talked about some other screenings. What's the reaction been like from the audience? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I'll talk about it a bit, but I think Jason, you know, I love Jason's POV too. But it, it's been having worked on a film and a lot of us filmmakers now who are releasing stuff like we've been working on these movies through the heart of the pandemic and documentaries. I've been working on this for eight years. Um, and so never really had a chance to screen of really for, you know, whatever, any other sake of the term, like fleshed out version of this for more than just a handful of people. And, and certainly screening it for being the opening night film at the Milwaukee Film Festival, screening it for literally a thousand people um, was like surreal. I don't know. I mean, yeah, Jason was there. He could he could attest to it. Yeah, I mean, and there's nothing like seeing your film in a theater. Like we, we've known, we've sat with this film. We, we, the most people we'd screened it for before the screening last week for over a thousand people was like nine people. We had done a very small screening just to kind of get a feel for it. 
So, you know, you can't really tell. We, you know, we, you always think you have something special and good. You want to think that, but you never know until you get it out there. And so right. to be in, to be in that room and hear people laugh and to see people cry, because that's part of it also, uh, was amazing. I mean, it, it was amazing. And unfortunately, most of Justin's family was there, which was really special. Uh, they got a standing ovation. Um, so, yeah, there, there's nothing like, and it happened to be in this old majestic theater, the Oriental Theater in Milwaukee. It was amazing um, with over a thousand people. And it was it was really a, 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 an amazing night um, to, to open the film that way. So when does the film make its official release? We're, we're, we're working on that. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're, we're looking. So we're, we're out doing festivals right now. Okay. So, um, you know, we, we just finished up in Minneapolis. We have a. a Screening coming up in San Francisco in May at the Docklands Film Festival. We have some other festivals on tap that we can't even totally talk about yet uh, this summer and then into the fall. And then we're looking at a release probably uh, late fall, just before the holidays. Uh, we'll be looking at a release where it will be out wide and people will be able to, to find it and okay. uh, either stream it or, or hopefully see it in the theater. Okay. So s- still looking at distribution, still in the distribution. Yeah. Search yeah. phase uh, for the streaming aspect. Yeah, we're talking to a few people already about that. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing's been finalized yet. I'm going to say anyone who's around any of these festivals where this is showing it's mom and dad's nipple factory, go check it out. It is worth a watch. It really, really is. Uh, where can people find you guys online? Um, well, if you want to find the film, uh, you can go to nipplefactoryfilm.com. We've got like a, a mailing list, um, which uh, where people can sign up to get updates, and, and we'll be updating that mailing list with the festival dates and things like that. Um, and then Nip Factory Film on most of the socials. Uh, and, and for myself, uh, my kind of director name is it's Justin Superstar, so justinsuperstar.com, socials as well. And, uh, and yeah, like that's going to be kind of where the film will be, will be living from, um, for a while. But, uh, I, I think it's been really fun to feel like it's been launched into the world now and we have, um, our, our sales agents and things like that. Uh, and being able to, we were just named one of the best of fests for the Minneapolis film festival. Uh, they have 190 films that are part of the festival and they pick like 10 to be best in fests. Uh, and so that was like a major, um, honor. So it's, it's things like that, that we're really excited to be or a part of bringing it to audiences and, um, making sure that people can kind of, you know, honestly get over their own taboos around this. It's not a story just for women who have been through breast cancer. Like it's a family story. It's a funny story. And it's a comedy. And, um, You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll cry, and I feel pretty confident about, about both of those things, which is, I think you know is is good for a film. What about you, Jason? Uh, yeah, I mean everything that we said before, like Justin said, I, you know this film is is going to surprise people. I think they're going to go in thinking one thing and come out with something completely different, um, uh, which I did the first time I actually got to to. to really see it even though i had a pretty good idea of what i was getting into um and that's that's been great in just the few few screenings we've had you know people have just been blown away i think they 
they don't really know what they're getting into. And that's the, that's the best. That's the best um, type of, of film to make um, where you can surprise people and get them talking and, you know, start a conversation about all the things that come up in this film. There's a lot of issues that come up in this film, not just breast cancer. That is certainly one of them. And the um, sort of some of the, 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 the holes in breast cancer treatment in particular. And, and uh, but there's a whole host of other issues and, uh, that come up that people will will just hopefully go home and talk about with family, with right. friends, and whoever it may be. Now, before we go, usually uh, when it's Derek and I, we we do the segment, but I'm I'm still going to do it with just me. We usually I, we usually give our guests a chance to flip the tables and ask us a question. So, since I'm the sole host tonight, I'm going to flip the table and let y'all ask me a question. And it doesn't have to be on the film. It could be whatever you want. Uh, just, just whatever. Uh, let's see. Um, what is, what's like the weirdest living in Florida, having lived in Florida myself, like what, what are some of the weirdest things you've seen living in Florida? Oh, gee. Uh, working for a local theme park here, uh, which there's three to choose from. And most people do know where, where I work. Uh, just the, the tourists that we get here in the Orlando area is some of the craziest stuff I've, I've ever seen. And it, it's so different than tourists who may go to Milwaukee or New York or San Francisco. It's just a totally different mindset that they're in. And like, yeah. Uh, so my question is um, because it sometimes gets a bad rap. Uh, and in our film, we talked a little bit about Justin's dad, but what is what is a true geek and and what are you most proud of your geekdom uh to me um it's funny you said this because i just watched a uh a youtube video with will wheaton talking about being a nerd Mm. um i have nothing against the phrase nerd but you know when you hear nerd you 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 know revenge of the nerds that franchise uh and even if you see this video where where he talks to this girl about now, he was big in math, this, that, and the other. Okay, for me, geek still could fit in that nerd realm. But it, it's to me, I, I identify geek as someone who, who has a fandom or ha- has a, a passion for something they really follow. I mean, they're sport, as far as I'm concerned, sports fans are sports geeks. Uh, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm a Star Wars geek. Love superheroes, superhero geek. Uh, I mean, I could, I could fit different categories. Um, I've described it as, in many ways, like with the show Big Bang Theory, Sheldon, nerd. Leonard, kind of nerd. Howard, geek. Uh, that doesn't mean that all you have to be super smart to be a nerd or, or you don't have to be smart to be a geek. I think it's how the, the passion's done. Um, Leonard, Sheldon, I mean, they're geeks as well, but they... They fit more to me. They fit more in that nerd category because, you know, being the scientist, being super smart, there's more of an educational side to to the word nerd than there is to geek. Yeah, I yeah, and I, I partially asked that. Uh, just full disclosure, I made a movie a few years ago that was very popular in the geeky nerd circles i would say i made it silicon cowboys which is uh the history of compact computer and how they took okay. down i 
I mean, the, the story of the PC industry in the 1980s. So I, I, it's a world I'm very attuned to and, and, and comfortable in, I, even if, and I consider myself, a, you know, a bit of that as well. So um, it, it's, it's funny. Um, I've had, you know, because I also have um, the podcast network that I call the, pot, uh, the Weeby Geeks Podcast Collective. And I've had people come on. Um, I think I'd be a great fit for your network. Like, okay, cool. What's your show? Oh, it's the real estate geek. Hmm. The only thing that fits is the fact that you got geek in your title. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's, yeah. you don't fit pop culture. And it's where the show fit. You know, it's yeah. what the network is. It's a pop culture network. Yeah. Um, that's the realm of geek that we're, we're in. Well, 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 geek. Yeah. But you're not well, pop culture, I, I, you're real estate. As I'm sure Justin did, I appreciated having R2D2 as part of our intro into the show. I've never been had that as part of an intro into a, yeah. an interview I've done. So. Oh, there, there, there's quite a few um, with the show intro itself. There's a couple yeah. geek Easter eggs Layers. as well. Yeah. Um, like the first part is based on uh, Starship Trooper, the one no more propaganda. Mm-hmm. The second, mm-hmm. second half is mm-hmm. the the eyes only from the show Dark Angel. It's a it's a spin. Okay, I remember so, that. So that's that's where those two things came from. Right. So, well, thank you, gentlemen, for for joining me this week on what ended up being a, a dashing Uno episode of Weeby Geeks. Uh, it's great having you on. Best of luck with the film. Can't wait to see it hit video on demand or streaming. Uh, later this year and best of luck in different festivals thanks thank you yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it and thanks for having us it was, thanks for having us. it was my pleasure and on that note so um the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.